0: let's roll hey everybody it's your boy justin Porra. this is the jp hoops podcast we are back and better than ever and still presented by bucket sports Baseball season is here, the NBA coming down to its last month of the regular season, same thing with NHL. The Book It Sports app has it all. It is the number 1 app. If you want to be a part of a sports betting social media community, you could track your picks, you could see who else in the Book It Sports community has ridden with you for these picks. You can get picks from handicappers on the professional level. It is one of a kind. Go check it out. Apple or Android store, the Book It Sports app, and go give them a follow on Twitter at Book It HQ. Follow me on the app at JPora. Man, we have a lot to get to, including the newest version of the Pora Power Rankings. Gonna talk a little bit about the Nets, the Knicks. If anyone could stop the Lakers from repeating, the MVP race has definitely started to heat up. But first, Let's just address the elephant in the room. Yes, there has not been a podcast now for officially one month, and I need to address that. And, you know, nothing serious has happened to me. But about a month ago, I started feeling a little bit sick. I lost my voice. I was feeling very fatigued. And turned out I was positive for COVID-19. Obviously, so many people in this country and around the world have fell victim to COVID-19. Some had it way more severely than me. I'm thankful that I had nothing really permanent or damaging or anything that affected me in the long term. You know, still dealing with a little bit of fatigue, but I didn't want to put out a podcast with a lack of voice. You guys, as the listeners, deserve me at my best. So I took the month off. I started feeling better over the last week or so, and now we are full-fledged at... Peak health and we are ready to go. So I'm very excited to be back giving you the podcast. We are back on regular schedule, Tuesdays and Fridays. We'll be active on Twitter once again. We'll be giving my picks at JPora on the Book It Sports app. And this is game time, baby. We have the NBA playoffs now, one month away. And every single game matters as we're looking at seeding, we're looking at teams that are trying to sneak into the top 10 of each conference to get into that play-in tournament to determine who will be competing for the Larry O'Brien Trophy this summer. So let's not waste any time. There's been a lot of basketball since this last podcast. There has been a lot of change in my Pora Power Rankings. Since my last podcast and the poor power rankings last updated on March 2nd of this year. We're recording on Tuesday, April 27th and there are a lot of changes. So let's go through the list in case you guys forgot. I know I had to look back at those power rankings from the beginning of March. Number one, the Brooklyn Nets. Number two, the Utah Jazz. 76ers at three, Phoenix Suns four, Clippers five. Lakers 6, Bucks 7, Blazers 8, Mavericks 9, and my Miami Heat at number 10. So there's been a lot of change. Let's get right into it. The of Power Rankings, starting with the number 10 team, and it's the Boston Celtics. Now the Celtics are not a perfect team. They have a ton of flaws, and I still question what this team will be able to do in the postseason. With Jason Tatum being the leading charge. But they've been pretty good over their last 10, won seven of their last 10. They have this toughness about them when all players are healthy. A lot of good defense from Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. And you have guys that down the stretch of games can make big plays in Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum. You just have to wonder how consistently they do that. You have to wonder still. When the game does get down the stretch, yes, Tatum can hit these shots, but will he be smart about his shot-taking? He still gets erratic in those moments at the end, but when you look at the rest of the league, they are the 10th best team. They currently sit at 7th place in the Eastern Conference standings, and they have an uphill battle climb, but when you look at the teams ahead of them, you think they could still be a top-four team in the Eastern Conference when the regular season is said and done. My ninth team, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic is outstanding, out-of-this-world player. And I think that, you know, says a lot. This is a team that really started off slow in the beginning of the season, have picked it up towards the All-Star break, and after the All-Star break have been even better. They have kind of asserted themselves into a not-confident playoff spot. As of right now, they still have games to win, But being in that top six is super important in the Western Conference. You avoid any play-in seeding. You know, the seventh and eighth seed play each other. And then you have to kind of figure out who's competing for these spots. If you're in the sixth seed, you have nothing to worry about. Your spot is secure. And when you look at the top of this playoff race, you know, the Lakers are really sliding. Spoiler alert, I don't have them. In this poor power rankings. Because with no LeBron James. The team just quite frankly isn't good enough. Especially when you look at the teams I have above them. So until LeBron comes back. We think that's going to be next week. I still think Dallas right now is a better team. With the star power they have. And they're putting themselves in a position. To get a nice road through the playoffs. If all works out. Number 8. The New York Knicks. Their debut in the poor Power Rankings. And New York fans finally clap it up. You guys deserve this. A nine-game winning streak. Yes, it was snapped last night, but it was a really good game against a really good Phoenix Suns team. And, you know, there's nobody on the planet that could have predicted this type of success from the Knicks this season. Tom Thibodeau comes in year one. They are the number one team in terms of defensive efficiency this season. It's a very young roster. Julius Randle is playing like an MVP. And the Knicks are currently the four seed in the Eastern Conference. It's absurd. No one would have thought this would happen. R.J. Barrett, a huge sophomore leap from his rookie year. Derrick Rose off the bench, 15 points per game. Sure, why not? It was a move that I hated on. I was wrong about it. I did not think the Knicks would be as competitive as they currently are. And New York is bussing over the Knicks. And rightfully so. They're a really good team. And if the regular season ended today, they would be hosting a playoff series, games one and two, at Madison Square Garden. So I got the Knicks at eight. Number seven, the Denver Nuggets. Now, one of the main things we haven't covered because of you know, me being on the bench with COVID and all, is Jamal Murray tearing his ACL. And that is a huge loss for Denver. Obviously, more so when the playoffs come around, we saw how good he was in the bubble during the playoffs last season. However, they are still holding their heads above water. And that is because of Nikola Jokic, who is, in my opinion, the leader in the clubhouse for MVP. I mean, this guy's averaging 26, 11, And damn near nine assists per game playing out of his mind. And I think that this is a very deep team. Even with Jamal Murray not being there, Aaron Gordon has stepped in fabulously. It was a move that I said in my trade deadline recap podcast, which I'm pretty sure is the last one that went out one month ago, that I wasn't really sure what Aaron Gordon would provide. We knew that. All this talk, he was a very good player, but we've never seen the Magic really do anything, nor him really do so much with the team. Well, he's doing a lot with this Denver team, and Mike Malone is really making him a great fit for a Denver team that right now is a top four team in the Western Conference, so I have the Nuggets at seven. Milwaukee is my number six team in the poor power rankings. Giannis has re-entered the MVP conversation looking to win his third in the row. I think they got a lot tougher. Drew Holiday, ever since he's been back from injury, he's been very good for them. P.J. Tucker is a great addition to this team. It provides a sense of toughness and defensive resiliency to kind of go with the up-tempo offense that they play. And yes, Giannis is very good. Again, this is just where these teams are at right now. It has nothing to do with what I think about them in the postseason. So I think Milwaukee, per usual, as they've been doing the last few seasons, is dominating this regular season. And, you know, they look like a team that could make some noise in the playoffs. Something that's yet to be seen necessarily from Giannis and company. But, for now, they look like a hot team. The Jazz, with the plummet from number two, the best team in the West, I have them now at number five. They're my third team in the Western Conference. They're still the number one seed. They just aren't catching my eye as much as they were when they were red hot before the All-Star break. And Donovan Mitchell, missing the last four games with injury, they still were able to take a couple of Ws against the Lakers and the Rockets. And, you know, they won those games by a combined 37 points. So they are a very good team, regardless of Donovan Mitchell, how he plays, what he does. I think they're going to need to rely on him when he does come back, whenever that may be. But they're still a top-five team in basketball, the number one seed in the Western Conference. And the depth of this team is crazy. I think they're coached brilliantly. They play a ton of defense. Utah at number five. Number four team, the Philadelphia 76ers. They've lost the one thing they really had going for them in the playoff situation with the number one seed. It's fallen to Brooklyn, and I don't know if Brooklyn is going to give this up, but I think if they matched up in the playoffs, Philadelphia would give Brooklyn some trouble because of Joel Embiid. He is out of this world, dominating when he has the ball in his hands. And that's how this offense runs. It used to be, you didn't really know what was going to happen. Will Ben Simmons kind of take the game into his own hands, drive, either pass it out, or are you going to run through Joel Embiid? Well, now there is a clear answer. You get the ball to Joel Embiid as much as physically possible and let him try to make the play. It's not Ben Simmons anymore, even though he can do it as well when Embiid is off the court. And I think that is as good of any one-two punch in the NBA right now. So I think as long as Embiid can stay healthy, Simmons can stay healthy, these shooters can show up in the big moments, Philly's a really tough team. And I think clearly, to me, the biggest threat to Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference. Number three, my second team in the Western Conference, I have the LA Clippers. Eight and two in their last 10 games, and they're doing exactly what they need to do with the Lakers not at full strength. They leapfrog them, pick up to the third seed in the Western Conference. If the season ended today, they avoid the Lakers in that first round. They play Phoenix, excuse me, in that second round. They play Phoenix in the second round. I think it's a series. They should win based on the playoff experience that they went through last year. The veterans they have on the roster with Rondo and Kawhi against the Suns who are going to have Devin Booker and a lot of young guys stepping into their first ever playoff situation like Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. So I think the Clippers are in a great position to try and snag the West from the Lakers Better than it looked before the season. They've been playing good basketball. Again, come playoff time, everything changes. Who knows how Paul George is going to be. But they're playing really well right now. And Ty Lue is finally starting to get his guys in check. I just brought up Phoenix. They're the number two team in the power rankings. They're my number one team in the Western Conference. And I mean, talk about hot. They just snapped the winning streak of the hottest team in basketball at the moment. It was the New York Knicks. They were on a 9 game winning streak. They go into the garden and win that game. Chris Paul has really just changed the culture of Phoenix so much. And it's something that I didn't expect. I know I kind of attacked Chris Paul in a way when I said that, you know, Devin Booker deserved his all-star spot. And I think Booker has been, you know, the catalyst of this team When it comes to being the scoring option. But when you talk about value to a team. No one player's value has been more evident this season than Chris Paul's. I mean he has absolutely transformed Phoenix into a true contender. Into a team that is running through everyone in the regular season. They are the number two team in the Western Conference. They deserve a ton of credit. The whole entire switch was flipped a team with one of the longest playoff droughts in the league is a couple of games away from clinching their spot in the Western conference playoffs. Wow. Not something that I saw coming and look at Phoenix. They are great and they can also make some noise in the playoffs. I don't think I love them in a series against the Clippers in the second round. I'm not so sure how I feel about them in the first round, depending on who they play. But for now they look great and You know, they dictate the tempo of every game they play. And I think that's very important, especially in these more important games. I have Phoenix at two. Number one, nothing changes. It's the Brooklyn Nets. And this will segue well into my biggest topic of discussion for this show. I mean, on paper, nobody should beat this team. Nobody in the league. When Durant, Harden, and Kyrie are all out there together, something we didn't see much of yet this year only seven times, they look unbeatable. And I know that there are some inefficiencies on defense. There are some holes that they have to try to figure out how to fix because I don't know if you could fill them with any other players right now at this point in the season. But when you score at the rate that these guys score, I don't think it matters. I mean, Kevin Durant... It seems like he's injured every other week, and then he comes back and in limited minutes could drop 30 whenever he feels like it. And Kyrie is playing his best ball right now. He seems committed. When Hornin plays, he looks like one of the best offensive players in the league. I don't think we'll see him till playoff time, but it'll allow Kyrie and KD to get some wins under their belt. And I think the number one problem that they face right now is keeping that number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I think they should be able to do it now that they have it. They shouldn't look back. But if they do, that's when they'll run into a problem. So let me recap before I continue on this point. Four power rankings. Number one, Brooklyn Nets. Number two, Phoenix Suns. Number three, the LA Clippers. Number four, the 76ers. Utah Jazz at five. Milwaukee Bucks at six. Seven, the Denver Nuggets. Eight, the New York Knicks. 9, Dallas Mavericks, and 10, the Boston Celtics. All right, so let's roll back into this conversation about the Brooklyn Nets. And there's really one thing I have to say about Brooklyn right now. And it is NBA championship or bust. Win the NBA finals or bust. There is no excuse. We see it. We're watching every game. When Kevin Durant is out there with either of these two guys, they should win. When Harden is on the floor, they seemingly win every single night. And that's regardless if Kyrie or Kevin Durant are there. And yes, I know he's probably out until the playoffs, James Harden. But it doesn't matter right now. We're talking about the playoffs right now. Why Why would they lose to any team in their way? Yes, when LaMarcus Aldridge decided to sign with Brooklyn, I thought that was the number one nail in the coffin. I think they should have given the Larry O'Brien trophy to them at that moment. But now we see LaMarcus Aldridge retire, very surprisingly, and, you know, that kind of really shows the inefficiencies they have underneath the rim, especially on the defensive side. Yes, you have DeAndre Jordan, who's done it in the past defensively, but that was almost 10 years ago now. So a team like Milwaukee with Giannis and Philly with Embiid, perhaps even Miami with Bam, can score on Brooklyn very easily underneath the basket. However, that is not the issue they should outscore every team they play. They have to. And Durant is good enough on defense, and a guy like Bruce Brown is good enough on defense, and Nicholas Claxton comes in and plays good defense, that I think that has to be enough. Now, there's here's the problem. When James Harden comes back, he's going right into playoff basketball. Something that, if you look at the record, he doesn't have a great history in. Kyrie Irving has the 2016 Finals. No one will take that away from him. But how is he going to do with Kevin Durant and James Harden in the playoffs being the third fiddle, not the second? Kevin Durant, he's come out and said, He's not worried about winning championships anymore. He is more focused on self growth. Good for you, Kevin. But this is the NBA playoffs, and we're talking about your legacy right now as you've won two NBA championships, two finals MVPs. But a lot of people who watch the sport have called you a coward, weak for joining a 73-win Warrior team that bounced you in the playoffs the year before you joined after you had a 3-1 lead over them in order to win those championships. So, you should be doing it with Brooklyn. They're the favorites to win the title. I think every mind in basketball really thinks there's no excuses for them to not win the title with the roster that they have constructed. And look, it's not as cut and dry as they're the best team in the league, so they should win. And I'm not saying I particularly think they're going to win because I think if they saw the Lakers at full strength in the NBA Finals, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but I'm saying with all of the hype surrounding this team, with the star power they have, with the mentality that they've created that the media has created surrounding this team they've put themselves in a position that it is title or bust and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when they play a Milwaukee or a Philly in the Eastern Conference playoffs and (laughs) imagine if they didn't even make the NBA Finals. I mean, look what happened to the Clippers last year. They've gotten ripped to shreds. Paul George talking about his mental health and what happened during that playoff series, after that playoff series. It's bad news. If the Nets lose, they become the Clippers of last year, but 10 times worse because of what they did in season. They made the move for James Harden. They got Blake Griffin, who's a multiple-time All-Star. They got LaMarcus Aldridge, who I realize has left, but it was like adding another Infinity Stone to Thanos' gauntlet. That was just the buzz that was created in this moment from all the moves that they've made. And I'm not saying it's fair. I'm just stating the facts of how the reaction will be if the Nets do not win the NBA title. So for them, it's title or bust. Anything less is an absolute failure. And you know what? I think the same could be said for the Los Angeles Lakers, except there's not as much pressure on them because they did win the year before. So getting into the Lakers, LeBron James, hopeful to come back either next week or the week after. And Anthony Davis came back last weekend. He's playing a little minutes here and there. Still not so great. Lakers 4-6 in their last 10. you know, have slid to the 5th seed in the Western Conference. And I'll tell you right now, if they're the 5th seed in the West, when all is said and done, and the playoff structure stays as currently constructed, they are my pick to win the NBA Finals. And especially win the Western Conference, because I'll tell you how it'll work out. LeBron will come back, yes, off an injury, but refreshed. He has taken less miles this season in a already shortened season. And yes, he was already complaining about, you know, the short off-season that they had. Now he gets his big break over the last month and he's working on coming back. And he unfortunately lost the MVP in doing so, but he doesn't care about MVPs as much as he cares about NBA championships. So let's look at the standings. If they're the 5th seed, yes, they don't have home court advantage, whatever. But they played Denver, who they toyed with. And they were red hot coming into that playoff series, Denver was. And they lost to the Lakers in five. Then, if the Lakers win, the presumed opponent would be the number one seed, Utah Jazz. I don't see them losing that series with LeBron fully healthy and Anthony Davis fully healthy. They split with the Jazz. Last week, without Anthony Davis, without LeBron James. I know Donovan Mitchell wasn't there. But the Lakers won those games with the roster they have led by Dennis Schroeder. And then if they win that, they get the winner of Phoenix Clippers. Now, we've been waiting now two years for a Clippers-Lakers series. But imagine they got the Suns. Chris Paul. In only his second ever conference finals, who is, you know, yes, he was injured when they played the Warriors, you know, the infamous 27 missed threes. He wasn't a part of that, but not a guy who's been to an NBA finals. Devin Booker has never been to the playoffs. Cam Johnson, never been to the playoffs. Mikael Bridges, never been to the playoffs. DeAndre Ayton, never. Or the Clippers, with Paul George who has a history of choking and losing to LeBron in the playoffs. I don't know. I think the Lakers win with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and the roster they currently have. Then they get to the finals, they play Brooklyn, they play Philly, they play Milwaukee. I think everyone thinks it's Lakers-Brooklyn. Again, it's embarrassing if Brooklyn doesn't win with everything they have. <laughs> but you think I don't talk about LeBron enough now? hoo If the Lakers beat the Brooklyn Nets, oh my god, I will be unbearable about LeBron James being the greatest player of all time. And who has the biggest chance of knocking him down? I think it's the Clippers in the West. And I think they have to be the team to do it. I don't think any other team in the West has a shot. I really don't. And that's no offense to the other teams. I think come playoff basketball, where experience matters, where defense matters, I think the Lakers can take down anyone in the West, and I think the only other team that has a shot of beating them is the Clippers. And then the NBA Finals, the Nets should beat them on paper. But will they? Will the Nets even get there? If the Nets get there and the Lakers win, oh my god, I will be the worst about LeBron James. Me and Nick Wright are gonna be hanging out popping bottles, talking about LeBron. <laughs> oh, but it'll we need LeBron to come back to really kind of get those gears in motion and, you know, put the Lakers in a position to run the table in the Western Conference. Alright, let's do some quick MVP race, then we'll get into my Op of the Week. Probably the Ope of everything I've seen, and it happened yesterday, over the last month. So the MVP race, you have to bring up Steph Curry, because what he has done, especially over the last month, is out of this world incredible. Over 31 points per game. What does he have? Nearly 53s this month? Uh, What is it, 93s this month? I have no idea. 53s in a week or something he's incredible he seemingly makes every shot that he takes no matter what the angle no matter if he's being fouled whatever the case may be but case in point for staff the team isn't good enough they're the 10th seed in the west right now that will not be good enough for the mvp i'm sorry russell westbrook won the mvp when the thunder were what was it a seven seed but he averaged a triple double No matter how many points Steph averages, it's not going to be good enough to win the MVP for a 10th seed Warrior team. We're talking about value. Most valuable player. And with that, someone who doesn't have the stats, how about Chris Paul? Yes, I'm on record of saying Devin Booker is the best player on that team. And I think I stand by that. But when you talk about value to a team, value to an organization... No player has done more than Chris Paul has for the Suns this year. He changed the culture. They were a losing culture. Now they're the second seed in the Western Conference. With the Clippers and the Lakers, who we always talk about, the Nuggets, the Blazers. They're the second seed. And that's because of what Chris Paul has brought to the organization. The team isn't drastically different From last year as opposed to this year. They just got Chris Paul at starting point guard. And we should have realized last year. When Chris Paul brought the Thunder. Who reportedly set themselves up for tanking. Now they're the worst team in the league. Not the worst. They have the least amount of talent in the league. I'll correct myself. At least in the Western Conference. The Pistons don't have any talent at all. But Chris Paul brought that team to seven games against James Horns Rockets in the playoffs. And now the Thunder have plummeted to the bottom of the West, bottom of the league, and now the Suns are the number two team in the Western Conference. That's incredible. And I don't care about the stats. They're not eye-popping. But... When we talk about value to a team, more importantly to an organization in the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul's name has to be mentioned. My leader in the clubhouse right now is Nikola Jokic. 26-11, 8.7 assists per game. Let's round it up to nine. The And the Nuggets are still the four seed in the West, will host a home playoff series without Jamal Murray, who horrifically tours ACL. It sucks. It's not fun for basketball. It's better when Jamal Murray's playing for Denver. But this Nuggets team runs through Nikola Jokic, and he is playing like the best player in basketball. There's not much that needs to be said other than that. He is terrific. He's been durable. No injuries all season long. He keeps playing his heart out. He looks like he's in the best shape of his career, and he's just a unicorn. There's no other way to say it. He's brilliant with the ball in his hands, and he makes quick decisions. He's crafty. Guys don't know how to guard him, and you really can't. If you double-team him, he will find the open man because he's so long and sneaky athletic that he can make these plays. It's insane. I've never seen it. Anything like it, honestly. like Playing through a center that way, he's one of a kind. And I think the only other player who could take the MVP away from him right now is Joel Embiid, and you throw the stats out the window. Here's the only stat that matters, Ws. If the Sixers can leapfrog the Brooklyn Nets for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and Joel Embiid is playing the games necessary for that to happen, he will be the MVP. He has the stats already. He's shown it in primetime games that he is one of the best players in the league. The first or second best center with Nikola Jokic. And he's the leader of the Philadelphia 76ers. If they are the number one seed in the East, it goes to Joel Embiid. Case in point. Unless the Nuggets somehow become one seed in the West, which will not happen. But I think if the Sixers are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and Joel Embiid is playing and playing obviously well enough for this to happen, it should go to him because that's value. Something that shouldn't happen. The Sixers should not finish above the Nets in the regular season. It shouldn't happen. But if it does, that's incredible and it's because of Joel Embiid. Alright, so let's talk about Open of the Week. This happened... Monday night, last night. Kevin Love, man. (laughs) I mean, this is embarrassing. They give up a basket. Kevin Love on the inbound. He throws the ball basically at, uh, you know, the base of the basket. And then just, you know, lollygags it, puts it in play, and allows, what was it, the Bulls to hit a three and basically, you know, change the course of the game. It was lackadaisical, lazy, he just didn't care. Kevin Love said he had to go in to the locker room and apologize to the guys. Kevin, I understand you're unhappy because you were brought to Cleveland to be a part of a championship team, and you were. You won an NBA championship. You know, thanks, LeBron. Thanks, Kyrie. But you put pen to paper on a four-year, $120 million contract And you didn't play the whole first half of the season. Now you're in the game. You have to even act like you give a shit, dude. You have to. I'm sorry. Like, you're an NBA basketball player. People pay to see you play. You are the most high-profile player on the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. And that's what you're going to do? You're not going to act like you care? Look, we are on the record of being a free Bradley Beal podcast. But... Bradley Beal goes out there and gives his all every single game. And he says he's happy, whether he is or not. And he doesn't even have to say he's happy. He does. But he doesn't have to. You don't have to say you're happy in Cleveland. You have to go on the floor and beep at least caring. Whether you're productive or not, you could stink. But you can't go out there and just act like you're playing for the other team. It's embarrassing, dude. You have to get a grip. Seriously. It should never happen again. He did apologize for it, but it's a big strike. I think, you know, if you are a team that was considering making a move for Kevin Love next year because you think he's a good player, you watch that, and you are completely turned off. And if you're not, that's a problem with you as a general manager and a fan. So, That's obvious to me. It can't happen. And, you know, he takes the responsibility for it. Great. Can never happen again. It's a huge indictment if it does. On Kevin Love and the Cavs for not, you know, doing anything about it. All right. Let's talk about the schedule up until Friday and then we'll get out of here. There will be a Friday podcast. We are back ready to roll on schedule for the JP Hoops podcast tonight. NBA TV gets the 7 p.m. game. Bucks, Hornets. Then on TNT after that, Mavericks, Warriors. Big game for the Warriors. They're going to have to start winning games to try and get into the playoff conversation. Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, much watch TV. Wednesday night, ESPN doubleheader Lakers, Wizards. Obviously, no LeBron. We expect Anthony Davis to play. Wizards, low-key hot, winning eight of their last ten, trying to make a late push for the playoffs. After that, Clippers-Suns, to me, the two best teams in the Western Conference. Uh, Clippers have been red hot. Suns have been red hot. That's going to be an awesome game to watch on the late night cap Wednesday night. Other games not on TV, the Hawks-Sixers. Hawks have been great ever since the All-Star break. They're currently the fifth seed in the East, a team I thought Uh, before the season started, would really take a step forward. It took them a while to do so, but because of the strength of the Eastern Conference, they look really, really good right now. And the other game, Blazers-Grizzlies, man, John Moran is incredible at basketball. There is no reason on planet Earth the Memphis Grizzlies should be in the Western Conference playoffs. Well, right now, they're the eighth seed, and Portland is on the huge downswing down they have not been good recently. They are now the seventh seed in the West, so it's a big game for playoff positioning. Thursday night, Nets, Pacers, NBA TV. That's the only nationally televised game. Pacers on the outside looking into the playoffs right now. Um, not many great games on Thursday, but we'll keep an eye out and you know post the highlights on Twitter, at JP Hoops Podcast. And, of course, have picks on the Book It Sports app, at JPora. So, anyone listening right now, thank you for tuning in. I know it's been a big hiatus. I'm apologizing for it. I know I probably shouldn't because I got sick during this pandemic. But I didn't want to give you guys any bad content, only good content. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoy what's to come in the future. We have the NBA playoffs now one month away. That's when things are really going to get exciting on the pod and on the NBA front. So I appreciate you guys, the listeners, and I hope you enjoyed this. And I hope you're ready for Friday because we got another packed show. Still so much to cover. Couldn't get it all in this one episode. This has been the longest episode to date and still got a lot of great stuff coming to you guys. So appreciate y'all and I'll talk to you Friday. Oh,